Hello everyone. Welcome back to the I'll Try That podcast. We're talking beer news and reviews once again. Today, uh, our focus is on Bermondsey-based brewer for pure. Uh, but first, I'm going to pass over to Rich, who has got today's hop topic. Rich? Can we, before, I just need to jump in here. First time I've ever got my intro right! <laughs> Barbara, I am so impressed with your alliteration there. Bermondsey-based brewer, that was so good. Oh, get out, sorry, I'm... I'm sorry I kicked off. And then you you flipped out for some reason. <laughs> Rich, take it away. So I'm here with the hot topic after Barber's outburst then. So the hot topic this week, I have gone for something that could quite possibly affect us, all, all of us, and it could be in, in quite a bad way. Okay, you've piqued my interest. It's about something that can affect me, so I'm already interested, <laughs> yeah. and a bad way. I'm very interested now. Carry on, Rich. Just read the start of the article. Beer supplies threatened. Oh, no, 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 no. Dun, dun, dun. There we go. Yeah, so so our beer supplies might be threatened um, as the logistics drivers, or not the the logistic, GXO logistic drinks, the drivers for that company have all voted unanimously to go on strike. Um, And they they deliver around 40% of the UK's beers and other drinks to pubs and other hospitality places. Dear God, give them whatever they want. Um, and it, it, they, they just they just want a pay rise um, and for their overtime to be paid or to allow them to take overtime, which I don't think is unreasonable. I think that's very fair. I think pay them pay them what they what they're owed. I think that's the the fundamental of what you'd expect when you go into a, a you accept a contract of work. Is that you do the work and you get paid for it? I just did a little bit of danger of taking it to a, to a political place. Is there um, there are external forces making things a little bit bit difficult? Um, is either way you don't want to see see people struggling. We're all um, we're all all up for a, an honest day's pay for an honest day's work. Yeah, I mean, I don't have. I think I think to the point is when it comes to the strike when we're hearing. About strike, there's obviously, we don't know all the details about why, apart from the, it's a pay dispute, obviously, that can be done with strike. And strike is quite a last-ditch effort, let's put it that way. It's quite an escalating effort, you know, to just try and resolve something. Usually there's a lot of different steps. So to, to the fact that there's a report of a, st- a strike, and thankfully it's it's come away, uh, it's not happening, that sounds like it's being resolved in the right way. But, you know, this has got to a point now where they've decided to play their trump card, uh, as it were. With the strike, so let's hopefully this this uh, this gets sorted out soon. Everyone can walk away feeling like they've won out of it, um, and more importantly, us as consumers don't have to pay the price for this. Yeah, I do like beer. This week, we're going to be talking about Four Pure, and as uh, Barbara so excellently pointed out, they're a Bermondsey-based brewery uh, here in London, and I have to read out how they describe themselves on their website because this was. Refreshing. <laughs> How appropriate. For pure and simple, beer has gotten too complicated. At For Pure, we keep things refreshingly simple. We make beer the way it should be, full of flavour, using four key ingredients. Our beer is brewed in Bermondsey, like it has always been, because we live there. We make great beer in SE16, that's it, for pure and simple. <laughs> Sorry, I really if if I go on their website, I'm I'm not there now. Um, if I go on there, I really want to hear the song "Pure and Simple." Was <laughs> it by hearsay? <laughs> Pure and simple, gonna be there. 
<laughs> they should definitely try and see and do like a, a collaboration with, with with them. Yeah. No, I would be I would be there for that collab. For pure and simple, going to be there. Sponsored by Hearsay or, or, or sponsors of Hearsay. Um, I like that though. Why muck about? I just uh, there is a fair amount of um, contrivance for want of a better word around beer. Um, if you're onto a winning winning recipe for want of a better phrase with a nice beer, um, what else needs to needs to be involved? Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's how they put themselves across. Very simple. It's, uh, I mean, it's in the name. It's pure. The Trinavia. I think that's what you've also just talked about as well. Whilst it says, so thinking and peeling back a little bit from the simplistic uh, how they portray themselves, organisation. This is the brainchild of two brothers, Tom and Dan. So Tom and Dan started. You know, Dan himself was a was a, an avid home brewer and beer enthusiast, um, and it says that Tom was a, a West coast of the usa traveling <laughs> and that that seems to be the, the the combination that you need to be brothers one of you to know a bit about beer a little bit about beer and one of you to like traveling on the west coast of the u.s and then that gives you the license to be like let's start up a brewery <laughs> so that's it that's the powder keg which in 2013 for pure started that- I, I just kind of like that it's, they're not trying to over this they're not trying to say we're beer experts we know everything about beer we've always been in the beer industry yeah they're not trying to do what drabbers does and say he's a beer expert <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that dynamic between tom and dan as two two brothers there's also i mean there's I'm sure they've got the similarities, but there's maybe a bit of a difference there. Who do you think is probably the more punctual out of the two of them? <laughs> I've got a funny feeling it's not the West Coast traveller. I don't know why. <laughs> I just got this feeling that if you're like, yeah, no, we've got this really important meeting at 11 o'clock. <laughs> so, yes, I will be there. I'm sorry if I'm doing, uh, doing a disservice to, to one of the brothers there, but uh, I'm not alone in thinking that, I hope. That that does sound like the perfect like start for a sitcom though. One brother's always on time, the other one's always late. <laughs> and so, they're brewing brothers, and they've got an image of them stood back to back yeah, with their yeah. arms crossed. This this guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, and they'd be called it'd be called We Are the Brewers. Yeah. <laughs> Quite like, that's that's actually quite what you I you've done a thing there and I I see what it is I I like that yeah <laughs> uh, I I'd be there for that but fair play maybe that's the reason they had to keep things simple is they couldn't agree on anything else <laughs> uh, well chaps what what are we drinking I have got the uh, Bermondsey IPA. I also have the Bermsey IPA, Session IPA. I have the Citrus IPA, so we can talk about that afterwards. We've got quite a range. And I, and I is this fair to say that it's typical of more modern brewers? I am tarring them with that brush without even really knowing um, how long they've been established. But um, uh, is it fair to say that, that some of these more modern brewers are are happy to um, make a, a, a wider range of beers and, and maybe not, to a certain extent, put all their eggs in one basket? Actually, do a couple and say, "Hey, we 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 put a few together, and um, uh, maybe it's it's only just the the relative success of of uh, individual beers from from a brewer that um, makes them get into the mainstream." But uh, I, I swear this is a fairly common thing that that a lot of these breweries are saying, "Hey, look, we can do a session IPA, we can do a citrus, uh, we can we also will do a lager, and and we'll also do you know." Um, an APA or something double hopped or, or something like that. 
they do a, a session IPA, they do a citrus session, they do the lager, they then do an IPA, regular a regular IPA, they do a citrus IPA, presumably different from the citrus session, uh, and they do a hazy pale. And they have, and I see they also have a citrus double. I think you mentioned yes, that as well, right? Yes, sorry, a citrus double. Yeah. <clears throat> the fact remains they have six different types of IPA. That's a lot of IPA. I don't know anyone else that I've come up against who has six different IPAs out of the seven products that they actually produce. The other one that they don't have, which is an IPA, is a lager. So six out of seven of their products that they brew are IPAs. If you're doing something well, just do it really well. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I just think they're really solidifying themselves in this new craft beer world. This is This is, we do takes on IPAs. This is our take on this new craft meta which is an ipa if you're a craft brewer nowadays you kind of have to have a standout ipa and they're saying well we can do it six standout ipas yeah to my mind uh i suppose i guess as, as a drinker rather than a brewer it makes sense to do variations on a theme rather than hey look we've nailed we've nailed a regular ipa try our stout <laughs> that kind of makes sense doesn't it well, I well, I I say a counterpoint to that. It makes out makes sense. I guess you're right, but it's very unusual for brewers to be so down the lane. Like either they've got like one or two of that's a very similar. I mean, we just talked about like Carling, let's say, very different brewer, obviously. Um, but they've got two different types of lager. They're known as a lager world. So you could say, arguably, that is what Carling do. If we're saying the same as for for full pure. IPA is what they do, but the fact they have six of them, doesn't that just strike you as quite a large number? Whereas usually you try and cross-sell your beers into different types of beer. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm almost thinking that maybe four would have done. (laughs) 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 Pure pure and simple. Pure and simple. Oh, guys, I've just figured out why they're called four pure. Four key ingredients. Ah. (laughs) Well, but is, I thought there was a fifth key ingredient. There, some can. Some going to add on different things. But these guys are four. They talk about it on their, their opening statements. Four ingredients. Four key ingredients. Four pure. This is every brewer just seems to concentrate between four or five important things and then just base the whole identity around it. Well, I quite like then that the fact that knowing that there is quite a lot of fluff, let's say, in this world because... Most of the ingredients are the same, as you said. Yeah. You know, the brewing process is very similar between all these blah, blah, blah. I like that they aren't trying to, you know, too much play in that space. They're saying, look, we're brothers. We make this beer. It's uh, it's what it's about. I was really fascinated by the fact that these guys are, um, are so heavily invested into IPAs. Every time you've said two brothers a couple of times. And have you? do you guys like Rick and Morty? <laughs> Have you seen that one where they do interdimensional cable? And it's good. Two brothers. (laughs) (laughs) And then a Mexican armada, tomato gun, old women come. And they're two brothers. And they fight. And that's all I can hear. Four pure is those two guys. The film's just called Two Brothers. They've got a special bond. (laughs) That's all I can hear. So maybe we've got some Rick and Morty fans listening. And and two, and the other thing I would just like to say is I'm glad that they don't go, yeah, there's four, five ingredients, and then the extra ingredient is love. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's our love for each other as brothers. <laughs> Two brothers with fraternal love making beer. One of them is dicking around on the West Coast. <laughs> the other's trying to run a business. <laughs> They're the original odd couple making beer. <laughs> Brewing Brothers 2. <laughs> this time, it's a double-hopped IPA. <laughs> You know what? I actually might leave part of that yeah, in. I yeah. think that was hilarious. I might leave some of that in. <laughs> it's really good. It's like Bad Boys 2, but beer related. So back to Full Pure. Back in 2018, they were purchased by Australia's Lion organisation. Okay. Do you guys know Lion no. before? They're a, an Australian food and beverage it's company. Lion Bar. But they're actually, Lion is a subsidiary of Japanese drinks giant, Kirin. Oh. Which, if I'm quite honest, I've only heard a few times before, but, Barbara, you got some more on Kieran? Kieran? Sorry, no, I thought you were going to ask me about Lion, and I said, oh, famous, of course, for not telling the truth. Ah, sorry, that was a a grower. That was a grower, (laughs) that's Just just let that one... um... That's a long fuse, that joke. Kieran, is that um, Kieran Ichiban? Which I'm pretty sure was a uh, lipstick for men, <laughs> made famous by by Joey Tribbiani out of Friends. Uh, Kieran Ichiban, they're almost um, an, uh, maybe another episode, but there may be another uh, podcast all, all, all together. Some of you may may know them as as a distillery. I believe it's like a rice wine that you can get from from uh, Kieran. Um, that there's all sorts. So the yeah yeah big big players out there um, that that uh, will, will be. Um, will not be a stranger to, to many, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think just to, some of their rap sheet of some of the organisations they own big stakes in. Uh, Asia Pacific Breweries, they own 15%. Those are the guys that make Tiger. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the mix with Tiger Heineken. Uh, Brooklyn Brewery, they own a 25% stake. Nice. A 24.5% stake, if you want to be. Uh, Four Roses Distillery, you might have heard of that. The um, the, the bourbon, the Four Roses uh, bourbon. Know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've, I've heard of them. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, and and then Lion as well. That's uh, Australia and New Zealand. So yeah, I think that's a, a really interesting to know that this Bermondsey-based brewery is now owned by in big you know, brewer through Australia. It's owned by this huge Japanese conglomerate. Um, and I was quite interested to read about why. You know, obviously knowing these guys are all about simplicity. They're all about you know what they can do. And in all classic sense of what I'm picking up from. Tom and or Dan's sense of style and, and how they talk about themselves, it's really refreshing to hear. So there's a quote I have here on why they decided to do this. And they said, you're also probably expecting business as usual, nothing will change, more of the same. Whilst the beer and the culture and the people will be the same, we truly hope that you do see some change. Otherwise, why would we bother? Yeah. So I think that was quite yeah, fascinating. Okay. It's like... Obviously, guys, we're going to grow. That's why we're taking this investment. You know, yeah. they haven't disclosed how much money they got from this, but they've said that they're going to hire a twenty. They, you know, this is back in two thousand eighteen. They were going to immediately hire another twenty extra staff, investing two point five million pounds into new technology. So they're hoping to have increased their uh, their output to about fourteen million pints a year. So growth, expansion. You know, being a bigger brewer is is, is the plan. I was going to say, it's the only way some of these smaller breweries are ever going to get out there. If they're ever going to get their name, if they're ever going to, they need to, not not so much as the word sell out, but they need to go to these bigger organisations. 
that are gonna that are gonna push them and that and that are gonna grow them. I guess, but, but if there are, uh, I think I'm, I'm, I might be getting the, the numbers right, but wrong. But there's like fourteen thousand brewers these days. Maybe there is a bit of a level playing field, and and people are being elevated to the next level because they have got either a USP or there is something that, that actually is making them, them stand out. Um, I don't feel I could be the, the voice of millions in terms of, yes, this is this is the beer that must make it. Um, but there are industry people who, 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 must, who will know and that, that's why they, they're getting the penetration that they are. <laughs> I think this is a great case example, penetration aside. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so something we've talked about before obviously you just mentioned there 14,000 breweries in the UK alone you know this has grown from about 3,000 which it was about 10 years ago so this is an exponential you know scale of breweries we're seeing there are going to be breweries in there that you know because taste palettes are changing so much and we as consumers are expecting a better quality product there are so many great breweries that are offering these different levels of product now but that is not sustainable to have that many breweries out there. So there is going to unfortunately be, I believe, a downturn in these craft brewers. And we'll see more of these go out, out of, you know, these smaller brewers lose out. So this sounds like a really good opportunity for Four Pure to A, just remain and grow, uh, grow as an organization, obviously. But I'm looking more into this. This is a huge opportunity on the flip side as well for Lion. Uh, an Australian New Zealand based uh, drinks manufacturer to have a be- a presence and a foothold here in the UK market which is a big big uh you know drinks uh, drinks uh, market they have just said and i'm reading more about this 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 why they've done this lion only have four people here in the UK which for a company of that size that's fascinating the fact that they've only got a few a number a handful of people in the UK shows that this is an area they're wanting to invest in and want to grow in. They see an opportunity with 4Pure to do this. I've kind of figured out how we should decide out of the 14,000 breweries which one should stay. Hunger Games. <laughs> Cameron might have something to do to, to say about that, Rich, but no, I, I kind of get that. Um, <laughs> it, it seems a little bit arbitrary, but but yeah, um, separate the, the men from the boys, for, for want of a better phrase. Yeah. I'm sorry to go on a real segue, but I feel like we haven't talked about the taste. Yeah, no, you're right. I was thinking what we're missing, and we're missing actually talking about the beer. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I can't wait to learn more about my Cicerone course, and I can come back and talk, tell you a bit more about the taste, uh, the mouthfeel that I have. Wet. Um, but the taste right now <laughs> that I'm getting. Well, I've got it. Wet. The Four Pure Citrus IPA, vibrant, zesty, is very hoppy as you're expecting from an IPA. And it's a 5.9% ABV, so it's got that extra kick to it that you're uh, probably expecting from a more crafted, you know, newer age IPA. But yeah, it is, it's, it's kind of, it's very, it's sal- making my mouth salivate ever so slightly, uh, which is making me think about more of those IPA hops, the citra hops that we, we get with these more, uh, you know, mangoey and orangey flavored IPAs. Uh, but it's very palatable. I'm enjoying this a lot. So I'm trying the I'm trying the session IPA, which is which is a four point two, um, and I, I'm 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 really enjoying it. I think it's I think it is as you said, it's doing exactly what it says on the tin, which is tropical and refreshing. Like you drink you drink some IPAs that are quite tart and kind of like dry your mouth out slightly. Not with this one, really really nice. And I could sit there and session it for a while. Yeah. So I I moved from being on what was. Um before I started tasting the uh, India Pale Ale, the 5.9% uh, self-proclaimed hoppy, hoppy and refreshing. 
uh, was on something described as as a session IPA, and, and I had a, one of those moments where you go, you almost forget what what you've moved on to, and then I had a sip of this, and I went, oh wow, hang on, <laughs> and I went, oh yeah, we're talking about a five point nine um, uh, IPA here, and I went, oh, that, so that does make a little, little bit more sense. So I think I'm uh, I think I'm at the same pace as you on on, on that one, Joe. Yeah, I think this is a refreshing refreshing organisation, and I like their very to the point tone of voice i like their stripped back design you know it's all very silver leads you know but big four pure written across around a uh you know quite nice it's very tidy it's very neat you're winning the vocabulary game i, I think re- the the word of the episode has been refreshing <laughs> spot on on your cans are you looking you know where it has the um abv and the units and everything like that i think i really really enjoy the way they've laid it out on the can with the kind of like the block bits going along the the side of it, I think it looks really nice. Now, I, I've 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 seen them do it like that, but I I genuinely that really caught my eye, and I really really enjoyed it. So for those listeners, they've they've put uh, these different sections, these different areas: Alk UK units, beer style, volume, and calorie. Um, up on on the side of the can, and they've put you know what they are, which is yes, I've never seen someone put the UK units yeah. so boldly before. The calories, yeah, it's very neat, isn't it? I was going to say, it looks like they've taken from an Excel spreadsheet, just kind of copied and pasted onto the side of the can, which I'm a big fan of an Excel spreadsheet. So, But uh, numbers-wise, uh, Joe? Instagram, they have 28K followers. Nice. Prolific. And Twitter, they have 16K followers. Nice. Fair play. So if you find yourself in the Bermondsey area, uh, you know, if you're coming off the London Bridge station is the nearest big train station, you can go to underneath the arches, as it were, go and visit Four Pure's tap room. It looks like there's a lot of events happening from stand-up comedies through to, you know, they've got a big indoor space as well as outdoor space as well. So definitely one to hit up if you're traveling your way through that part of London. Um, and if you can find them, you'll start to see with this extra, you know, growth and money that they're getting from these uh, outside the UK investment. I think those in the UK will start to see more of Four Pure um, up and down the country. And from what we're saying and what we're tasting, definitely worth a try. Yeah, 100%. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>